Welcome to Too Many Jams, a show about all things 20-year-old. With help from friends, experts, and our own personal experiences, we hope to shed some light on those things that leave our age group lost and confused. <laughs> That's okay. so good. Yeah. Um, as you can tell, we're joined today by a voice actor. Um, yeah. Very talented, Blake Johnston with a T. With the T. And uh, we'll get into a little bit more about that in a second. If you're watching the video, uh, normally you would see us drinking a few crispy cold beers right now. Yes. But we had a bit of a weekend. We uh, we drank all of our sponsors' beer this weekend. And we weren't able to replenish the supply <laughs> for today's episode. So uh, we are sans Farmer in the Sky today. Yeah, so normally we have some True History Farmer in the Sky here. We're really upset about it. Um, they should... They should have known, though, I think, yeah, that yeah. we had a big weekend yeah. and had a shipment yeah, for us. Right. So I'm going to put this back on them. Um, but otherwise, I got my uh, jewelry on, wrist and rye. Use jams15 uh, at wrist-rye.com. And otherwise, I think that's, that's it. Party. Should we get into I've it? I've got my gap on, you know, 50% yeah. <laughs> off the gap. Are you, are you a big uh, beer drinker? Yes. I work at a brewery. So you know oh, what? Fuck. Shout out mascot brewery. Wait, I thought you said you worked at a restaurant. I work at two restaurants. Oh, okay. Yeah, typical server actor. Yes, I work at like two bar jobs. As I well. work at three restaurants. <laughs> yeah. It's a pissing contest now. <laughs> what brewery do you work at? Uh, mascot. Shout out mascot. Oh, okay, nice. Is it, is it mascot like one of Tompkins's favorite? Is that? Uh, no, it's it uh, He likes collective arts or oh, yeah, Bell, in Bellwoods. Bellwoods. Oh, Mascot's yeah. the one that used to have that rooftop patio. Yeah. Yes. I'm just talking to Kevin about that. You don't have got, that anymore? No, we got uh, smashed by a condo development. That sucks. Egon. 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 They just threw a big check at him. Oh, man. I can't imagine the money they tossed them. It was uh, Robert De Niro's uh, like steakhouse chain called Ever, Nobu. Ever heard of him? Oh, that, that's his? Yeah. He oh. was there. He was at yeah. the groundbreaking ceremony like behind the building, too. And, that's wow. and uh, <laughs> they also just bought it at the Second City, so that like whole like Mercer Strip. They're just taking over. Yeah, taking over. Okay. Shout out condos. Toronto. Shout out capitalism. Yeah, you know what? Um, we actually just got bought by condos too. Not even kidding. Here? Right here. Not yeah. that we own the place. We're renters, but oh, true. Um, it's happening. You see that kind of? You see that truck through the window there, blocking the all one? of our parking yeah. spaces? Yeah, like listening to us right now, probably. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're 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 drilling core samples. They bought the whole block. They're putting in like a twenty-five story right here. Wow. And if you don't own the place, you can't do anything. There is no benefit getting purchased by a condo yeah there's only negative yeah. can they not like give you like rent reparations or anything like that or are you just like straight fucked oh can i swear I'll yeah swear. oh yeah Plus, a lot of people yeah, ask yeah. that yes yeah, it's um, a common you, question yeah penis you're exactly vagina it's um, coming <laughs> <laughs> no they there's only downsides like they'll I, I don't think we get any rent back because they'll let us go to the end of our lease and they're kind of in a gray area taking our parking spots here because yeah. they didn't tell us about it but we haven't been they, able to park here for the last like but they also couple weeks they also own the whole block so they're just like parking the neighbors up the up the way oh true so it's like okay like technically we still have parking but like yeah, i hate that not. you just didn't ask and yeah. you're just like do this and they're listening to us right now you. probably yeah shout out madison group you can check them out yo day. come hang out dude <laughs> come chill yo we're just just hanging out bro but enough about that that and enough about 
probably me. you. So we'll move on to us, which is what this show. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no. So serving, we both do it. We talk about it Hell a yeah. lot. Um, it's what the typical grinds. Yeah, it's it's. I do it because it's so flexible. I can basically that's it. Go to auditions, yeah. and I never have an issue. Work nights, go see shows like after I get off work. Uh, everyone I usually work with is like in the industry. Yep. What kind of shows? Like comedy? Uh, yeah, like I'll go check out like improv and sketch shows. Uh, like TIFF just happened. So I was seeing films more like during the day. Yeah. Um, which which uh, movies did you see at TIFF? Uh, I saw Two Popes. It was with uh, Anthony Hopkins and Jonathan Price. It was uh, basically okay. about the, the recent Pope transition that happened. It's a Netflix film and it was really fucking funny. Uh, and then I saw, what was it called? Um, it was the Marie Curie biopic, Radioactive, I think it was called. Uh, it was really good too. I didn't see much. I basically just worked because both my restaurants are like in that area. Okay, yeah. so you were working, get that getting that guap. Yeah. I went and saw a movie on Sunday. It was the new Adam Sandler movie. Oh, nice. Uh, called Uncut Gems. Very artistic for, for Adam for Sandler. Yeah, and the, who else was in it? The weekend, Kevin Garnett's in it. What? Um, it was it was interesting. It was Anything kind, is it possible. Was kind of cool, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, kind of weird, but like also cool. No, the the serving thing we get it. We do it as well too. The it's great, except it's also like it's it's got this like darkness to it because anytime you're working with uh, someone who's a lot older. You're you're wondering if they had dreams like you, and then when you're working with with young people and you're in there, everybody just like you really have to swallow your pride. Oh, I remember when I was your age and I was serving. I was going to be the next best comedian out there. Would you like fries with that? Or exactly. Apple sauce. You have to you have to swallow oh, your man. pride yeah. big time too. Like yeah, you're just, serving people. You're serving people. Yeah, you're literally like below them. Actually, though, no. <laughs> like and the you thing is, yeah. be lower. I think the best way to be a server is to understand that. Yes, and and not be like bite your tongue. Bite don't like not even be like you. You know what? I got things going on. Just be like no. Like in this role right here. Yes. Yeah, I am below you. <laughs> I will bring you your side. Do, do you want to uh, briefly touch on that story where you ran into? Your ex's parents out of serving. Oh my god! Jokes. <laughs> Let's just say I've never seen my ex's dad so happy to see me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, he's like, he's like, code. I knew he was scum this whole time. <laughs> but fuck, you just got, you just got to swallow your pride, and uh, the hope is that you know you get out and and that's what you're working on now. And from what I've heard from Kevin, let's preface this: producer Kev is your friend. So, dude. So, dude, over there, sitting in the corner. Also, yeah. can you tell us quickly who the impression was at the beginning that you did? Oh, uh, I was the voice of the Kellogg's Frosted Mini Wheat for like <laughs> yeah. three years. That's yeah. so funny. Um, so, wait, was that voice trademarked? Are we going to get stricken here? Shout out Kellogg's. I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't we, do it anymore, though. So. Can, can we like pull up a commercial with the Mini Wheat? Uh, not, the, not with the voice. It's probably not on YouTube, but maybe the one where I was doing like the... I don't know if it's still up there, but I also did the like... Feed your inner kid alt with mini wheat cereal. It was very like crappy, like a <laughs> bunch of like dads running around wearing pajamas and like, oh, I'm still a kid. And I'm like eating cereal in my apartment. And I was like, uh, yeah, I think that one might be there. But. I'm a big mini wheats guy. My brother is a huge mini wheats guy. You'd and probably be like an idol. Shout yeah, out yeah. Robbie's brother. Shout out, shout out Jamie. Can you shut him out in the mini wheats? Shout out Jamie was sad. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so obviously, obviously, you've gotten some work, and you're transitioning into being a bit more of a, 
a worker. So what is, yeah. of, of all the artistic stuff you do, because I know it's a little bit of uh, like comedy, improv, acting, voice acting. Mm-hmm. Is voice acting the probably the main one? Yeah, right now for sure. I um I I started as a film and TV actor, but like five years ago, and it wasn't really like I don't know. I felt that I was just kind of beating my head against a brick wall trying to get auditions and into rooms with casting directors. And then my agent recommended I do a voiceover demo because it just was kind of quirky and like dumb and weird. Yeah, and uh, it paid off. The woman I did the demo with, shout out Kim Hurden. Uh, she um, doesn't listen, by the way. Yeah, Kim. <laughs> Kim's a huge listener. Come out! <laughs> I actually might send this to her. I said it to her. Um, what up, Kim? Basically, she picked a bunch of spec scripts for the demo, and one of them, sure enough, was Mini Wheats. And then a month and a half later, she got a gig casting for Kellogg's, and she's like, "Oh, I don't even need to do auditions. I know the guy. I didn't even audition for it." Oh, really? Became like a three-year gig. Uh, I don't do it anymore. They have a, a woman doing it now, and they have it's a younger, hot milk. better. Yeah. <laughs> more attractive everything there's some bullshit yeah. <laughs> um but she's great and they they were doing like this hot milk campaign in the winter they would like get with, a girl to do a with hot a k or uh with, with <laughs> <laughs> sorry you guys missed i'm just gonna let that slide you guys didn't hear that that's all right the listeners probably did the listeners know all. um they sorry. see y'all what was that side conversation um yeah, they were just, uh, they're like doing like hot milk now. It's like a completely different campaign. But I guess it's summer. I don't know if they're still doing it. But it's a sick gig. I'm not doing it anymore, though. Uh, and uh, so voice acting is your main gig. Yes. When you're doing the the roles before, like acting in TV, were you trying to get like serious roles, comedy roles? My agent didn't want me to do comedy because he was like, you're just going to be looked at by the casting directors as a comedy actor. But for me, it's like, that's my strength. Let me do it. <laughs> Let me do it. Um, so I was doing like all these like bit parts for like Rain, Rookie Blue, all these like miscellaneous. Yeah. I was on the show in the UK called Handsome Devils where I was like a cop and I had to like like pull my gun out on a vampire. Like it was tight. So they, they brought you up to the <laughs> Can UK? we find all this stuff? Handsome on- Devils. Prob- uh, like, like I have a demo reel probably yeah. on YouTube, but like I highly doubt that like Handsome Devils is just on like some miscellaneous YouTube channel. You could probably like torrent it. Yeah. Um, trying to think what would be bakugan's probably on uh it is on youtube actually right now it's a do you have an you know what do you just have an imdb yes so just okay yeah yeah, just you know we'll just link that we don't need you to list every credit you've ever had (laughs) i did this and this and (laughs) yeah it's just like bakugan no you haven't heard of it uh okay uh, yeah uh, no no. one's heard of it unless you're like 11 years old yeah just if you want to look if you want to dive deep go there it's where, yeah. every, it's where you go. Shout out IMDb and the 130 bucks I have to pay a year. No. Racket. Actually. <laughs> yeah, it's brutal, man. But to have be- a profile on there? Well, not just a profile. They basically like extort actors to pay $130 a year so you can like see what's in production, see who is represented by this person. Who You, you just get like a bunch of like phone numbers and emails that you like never use anyway. So Speaking yeah. of extorting actors, just a little tidbit I heard on a podcast, but apparently- is it your if- podcast? Yes. <laughs> I heard it out telling myself it last week. Um, basically, when you get into, uh, was it Screen Actors Guild or whatever? Like SAG, the, yeah. SAG, the big one, um, you get insurance. You get this like really nice insurance and mm-hmm. everything's amazing. And uh, the second you stop, and the, the movies you work on will usually cover it or the mm-hmm. payments or stuff like that. And the second you stop working, you obviously want to stay in SAG you have to take over these insurance payments and they're just like gargantuan because like the movie companies would just pay it before and they're really loaded. Interesting. And when you're a working actor and the second you're not working on a project, no one pays that for you. Oh, Christ. Like how much are we talking? 
like didn't get that figure, <laughs> but enough that a famous person was complaining about it, and they okay. have a lot of money, which means it's probably a lot of money. In yeah. uh, in Canada, it's kind of the same way. Like I, when I was doing mini wheats, it was I was applied or I was uh, what the fuck's the word? Uh, I was granted um, the insurance premiums they had, but now that I'm not doing it anymore, I'm not hitting that like minimum bar, mm -hmm. so I have to pay into that as well. But oh, I'm not okay. forced to pay it. Were they forced to pay the money? To stay in yeah. involved, yeah. Oh, that's brutal, Pretty yeah. sure. Or to keep your insurance. That's what it <laughs> yeah. was. To keep your insurance, obviously. And they're like, it's good insurance. And like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And you get everything. Does, does voice acting compensate you like just as uh, like just as well as like a regular actor? Uh, would? Uh, Have you ever heard honest? of Kristen Bell in mm -hmm. Disney? Yeah, she's crushing it. Yeah. She's crushing it. Yeah. Um, the... The, the voice acting I'm doing right now is uh, dubbing, and it is on the lower scale because I'm basically doing voiceover work for a pre-existing Japanese cartoon, just doing like the English side of it. Oh, okay. So that's so what cool. dubbing is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, it's like karaoke. Like Literally, um, <laughs> the line will be on the screen, and yeah. it'll be a, like a five-second countdown, and then when it gets to one, it changes from green to yellow, and then when it hits zero, basically this little like meter goes across and you basically have to match your cadence and rhythm with that while you're also acting and projecting and doing what the character needs and whatever and <laughs> interesting and yeah. does it That's take crazy. a little while to sort of get that down or uh thankfully like i picked it up quickly because i've been playing guitar forever um so i have like rhythm kind of naturally i mean i listen to like a lot of metal so yeah. like there's a lot of like time signatures changes that i have to like, kind of keep up with so i found it was very easy for me to pick up but Talking with Susan Hart, shout out Susan Hart, uh, the casting director for it. She was um, like, if you have, if you don't have a rhythmic bone in your body, you are screwed. <laughs> you can't voice act. Yeah, you so, can't do dubbing at least. So even with you having it down, like how many takes would it? it like, can you breeze through it pretty quickly? Yeah. And now that you're do, on set, and what they do basically is if you if you hit a if you hit a line really well and they like it, they kind of just keep going. They'll only stop if they like. Ah, eh, let's try that different, or let's see if we can change that. They also have an, a sound engineer in the room. You can basically like tighten, elongate, cut it, and they can just see exactly how it fits with the character's mouth flaps. Yeah, it's cool to see it like actually the character's mouth flap. Excuse me, is, 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 that, the, <laughs> is that the technical term? Mouth flap. <laughs> I suppose so. Um, yeah, it's sick. It's been my like first foray into uh, um, into like anime, and it's really cool. Very. Do, do cool. you find, do you do you watch a show now that you're on it? Oh yeah, but uh, <laughs> I started uh, recording in April, and the first two episodes have come out. We uh, recorded the season finale yesterday, and they're like not even close to being at the end of the season, like um, airing wise. Okay, and and is, I feel like Bakugan is a name I recognize. Is this like a relatively big show for kids that are like under twelve years old? Yeah, it's they huge. go nuts for it's it. It's huge. Eh? It's um basically like YTV. The, sorry, you yes. said it's Japanese. Oh. Yeah, it's a it's a like they do the animations in Japan, and then they basically have different voiceover actors for different languages just do over the mouth flap so i yeah. do the english the uh, yeah. for like uh north america um maybe in london uh and british i don't know um but <laughs> they um yeah I, I i go in whenever they need the character i'm like a recurring villain on it it's on cartoon network ytv teletoon uh yesterday we were just announced that we're gonna be on netflix awesome um, yeah it's cool and um what are what are other current projects that you're working on right now? Um, I am motherfucking D. I'm just kidding. I got, a, I got a, a a documentary I recently directed was in Hot Docs. It was yeah. about um, Nicholas Cage's stand-in, his like body double, basically. Oh, cool. Yeah, and that was a really cool experience. And then I've just been doing Bakugan for the past like four months, working on some like short films. Uh, they want to like flesh out 
and that's about it for like projects. Do you, really. do you do um do you do anything to like work on? Do you like do like acting classes or improv classes? Um, or? The reason, well, this is funny. The reason why Kev reached out to me is because I've recently started to do a lot more online stuff. Like I uh, do a lot of like stuff with like Snapchat filters and just like quick characters that are like six to ten seconds. He was showing me some of that stuff. Oh, I haven't seen any. He took me through a reel of you doing a bunch of impersonations with these Snapchat yeah. filters on. It was hilarious. That's yeah. some, that's something we can add into the the end of the video. Yeah, yeah Kev's got something to say. No, I was just going to say, I haven't really been talking to Blake very much. Besides. Is that on? Yeah. Okay, good. I'm not an amateur. <laughs> just making sure. Yeah, yeah. I think you're four. No, I, I haven't talked to him in person in a while. We haven't like, seen each other, but just like through Instagram and through just being hungover and watching his stories. And That's the audience. The hungover audience. Pretty much yeah. <laughs> so wait, let's pull, let's pull, you put this on your Insta? Yeah. Let's plug that right now. Can you get on Instagram? For Plugged. Him? Well, like just put the put, oh. put, put it in for the listeners <laughs> for to me. follow. Yeah, uh, Blake Johnstagram. <laughs> I know it's like <laughs> it's just like a stupid play on words, but it's stuck, <laughs> and I'm just gonna get a roll with it. Uh, okay, Blake Johnstagram. If you want to know that spelled, just look at the podcast description. Yeah. Um, okay, I gotta watch these. Well, uh, maybe we can put in that reel at the end if there's like just like a little edit of them. Yeah. So you're you're thinking that like kind of skit insta comedy voice acting and if you can get st stuff on shows or like you you, yeah. you want to pay your bills you want to be a career in the industry person are you worried about be like being spread too thin not focusing on one craft yeah i i found i've been very burnt out in the past and i do feel kind of burnt out now um because there's so many things you can do in this industry and i found um I was really burnt out a couple of years ago because I was trying to do like eight different things. I was, oh, I want to do film and TV acting. Oh, I want to do motion capture work. Oh, I want to do commercial voiceover acting. Oh, I want to do theater. And it's just, it's too much. Sorry, what's motion capture work? Um, so for video games, uh, when you put on like a, a mocap suit, it's like basically like Velcro with like those little balls you, on it. You've seen the videos of somebody wearing like, yeah, that, yeah. pretending to be like a monkey, like or, Andy Serkis. Or the guy uh, playing like the dragon in Lord, in Lord of the Rings Benedict or whatever. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. Have you not seen those, those yes, videos? Yes, I have. He's got dots all over his face and he's just like playing a dragon they oh animate that's over how that. they get them to yeah yeah they basically there's uh, like 40 cameras tracking your every movement and then they basically superimpose you into like an animation okay you, i didn't know it's called that game. yeah it's, it's really sick but so you've done some of that previously? uh yeah I, I did a really sick program called mocap you recently where we went to pinewood studios and we um we got to like work in a volume and um just like flesh out some scenes from some famous video games like uncharted the last of us um it was it was really sick, but the film the video game industry in Toronto is still kind of like getting going. Um, so there isn't much work for it, but it's cool to like have my demos and like have experience doing it. But that's just another example of like there's so many there's, things you can and do. And you you seem interested in it in it all. And if yeah, the, the the point of the podcast is literally too many jams. It's like having too many options. Oh, cool. It's <clears throat> the, the same thing like uh, coming out of university. Uh, like other than I had some health issues, I literally was thinking like I could do anything. What do I want to be? There's Is not the boy healthy now. Ah, uh, you know, like I'm like at nine. <laughs> the boy 10. sounds healthy. Nine it was good. it was concussion stuff. So it's oh, like shit. it's like a hidden illness. So you know, looking fine, feeling weird. Were you playing sports? Uh, the uh, the concussions. You've always been playing sports. The, con the concussions probably came from a history of sport concussions, <laughs> but the bad ones were from bar fights. Oh really? Yeah. Bar scrapper. Bar scraps. I'm not. I'm not. But <laughs> the, the, people think he is though, right. and that's what gets him an dude, issue. Dude, I don't know what it is. People want to punch me, dude. 
Basically, <laughs> just want to smash it. No, what I got in bar fights when I had a girlfriend, and people were like smacking her butt and stuff. Oh fuck! And those ones I did fine in because I know I'm in a fight. The ones I lose are soccer the punch. soccer punch. Yeah, it's what University Western is known for. Soccer punches. Oh, you went to Western? I went to Western. I said, yeah. yeah. Oh, no shit. Stay with me. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, Shadow Jimbo. So, no, this is, okay. This is probably a perfect segue to bring us back because uh, I always am curious about what you were like, like as a middle schooler, like always into theater. Like, like what, like how does a, how does a dream develop is what I like um, to know. It's probably like at, at its root, very like psychological based where i was a middle child not getting a lot of attention when i was yep, younger like, same yo shout out Props. shout out no love <laughs> um, my little sister uh she's seven years younger than i am my brother's two years older so i like my first memories were always of like cassie like being really young and like taking parents, all your attention yeah my parents giving her a lot of attention so i found like i would always like lash out and try and get like negative attention from like my mom and like my dad and uh, like I peed in my brother's cereal when I was like eight because <laughs> I wanted his mini wheats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out! I think it was Cheerios. Shout out Cheerios. Yeah, for some reason that's what I thought of when you said peed in his cereal. So <laughs> nothing better than honey nut. Wait, um, wait. Did he eat them without knowing? No, I got spanked. He didn't eat them. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then from that, uh, I was just always like the class clown acting out. Um, I my first role ever was in grade two. I was like. Eddie the Laughing Hyena in The Lion King. Nice. And just that like adrenaline rush of being on stage in front of like hundreds of people and getting laughs was like... You remember that. It's like a defining moment. Intoxicating. Yeah. It's crazy. Wow. Then I was... Uh, and you know what? Chloe spoke about that the other cool. day too. Uh, so our last guest that we had on the podcast last week, um, she's also trying to get into acting. And uh, she talked... Well, she spoke about how like she took this improv class and one of the defining moments for her was when she first started uh, acting or performing and she just kind of remembered that feeling. She's like, it's all over. Yeah. It's very addictive. But yeah, I can't believe that two years old, you still remember that. Like, yeah. Um, so, so it's defining you, but you, were you sporty? Were you like, yeah, I was, uh, I played a lot of hockey growing up. I played a uh, GTHL double A hockey for like six years. Yeah. So my parents basically just like took me out to, hockey like dry land training yeah, like yeah. five nights a week i uh, played soccer a what lot. team i was with the braves okay mississauga uh, braves oh you're in the west then yeah, yeah yeah it was in mississauga and then uh and then i just became like a huge pothead in high school and just played like house league with my buddies and was, that's awesome. tight. <laughs> that's it's honestly that's a double a trajectory yeah i remember <laughs> i i because double a it's like <clears throat> you're it's good hockey yeah it is. don't get me wrong it's good hockey um but you're not you're not even in the league like triple a is a league where you might get pulled up to something yeah so you're below the league where you might get pulled up to something so it's a lot of like what are we doing here yeah you know especially as you're getting older <clears throat> like ugh, i remember thinking yeah. the same thing i get to high school i'm like i i want to party on weekends yeah. i know i know how much exactly work i have to put happened. in to be in triple a and then even then how much work beyond to make it to the next league and then i remember like my dad just being like you're not gonna make this. Yeah. You're not gonna make Son, it. You <laughs> suck. Like he didn't say that. He's like, obviously, you could if you put in the work, you could. But he's like, you're not putting yeah. in the work. So, I couldn't keep up uh, physically, like puberty wise. I remember, like, I was a smart hockey player. I just like couldn't keep up with like my shot and my skating because these these Italian kids they eat all the pasta. They get so big. Yeah, they like beards <laughs> and great. Yeah, eight, just man. fucking like muscle me off the puck like so easily. It's like, oh, well, my career's over. Yeah, late bloom. I was a late bloomer too. 
pro- like because like uh, anyway, enough about uh, like it yeah. brings back your puck. I always think I have potential. Like we had we had, yeah. we had like a D one hockey player on, and I'm just sitting there looking at him, being like, I could have been you. <laughs> I just developed sooner because because you got fairly good size now, and that's just as important at, mm. at the younger ages. I as didn't. Well. Ha- I I was a, a very weak, yeah, skinny guy, and then in uni I packed on twenty. Oh, sick. Like 165 to 185 in nice. like second year. And then I just remember being like a big guy now. Yeah. And just, it just changed how you play hockey. Can't even like remember what it was like before then no. too, right? And then, and then I I went back and I played um, a rec game with my high school team that I just left two years before mm-hmm. and was just like, just knocking these little sick. boys off me. And I remember being <laughs> like, you know, if I was just 20 pounds heavier in high school, you know, what what, 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 that, what, what would that have meant for my career? But yeah. Yeah. Live and learn. Uh, uh, my, my body's falling apart, so it's for the yeah. better, like the concussions, as I said. Yeah. But you're playing hockey. Uh-huh. I always mix in a lot about me in these episodes. Yeah, by the way. I love it. Yeah, it's what we do. But no, um, you're you're playing hockey. You go to house league. You're smoking a lot of weed, having some fun. Yeah. Still not in the arts program. Still, what, yeah. are, you, what are you thinking of? Like, what are you doing in school? What are your parents asking you about? Like, yeah, I mean, I was just like passing and like getting good grades. They really wanted me to go to university. Uh, that was their like first and foremost. So I was doing like high school plays and stuff, like nothing too extravagant. And then um, I applied for some acting schools uh, going out of university or going out of high school, sorry. And uh, I just, I don't know. I didn't, I like took the safer route and went to Western with like all my buddies. Like my and best friends take? were there. Uh, I took MIT, Media Information yeah, yeah. and Technical Culture. Bunch of friends. Uh, it's a great program. I just like, I knew like two years into it. I was like, fuck, like, I need to act again. Like it's You're an just itch. doing essays and like, yeah, yeah. and like, oh, the world is screwed because of media. And like, there's only so much. Yo, you on, on paper, it. MIT seems like it would be like fairly relevant to that world. But yeah. then you get into the program, you're like, it's just writing. Yeah, a bunch of nonsense. The entire I, time, I have a right? question about MIT. Yep. In social science, um, all the textbooks I read, no joke, made me think all these awful things about like uh, the glass ceiling and mm-hmm. and like just. The way they taught these issues, I, I would I would leave classes like angry. I was like, did my mom get treated like this? You know what I mean? Like the wage gap is 70 cents. I'm like, my sister's going to make 70 cents on the dollar. Yeah. And I was just like so fired up. And then like in reality, I just, it wasn't, yeah, there's some stuff, but it was nothing like these textbooks. Yeah. And it just, it, it made me so fired up and I could see how if they were teaching that hardcore how people come out like angry mm-hmm. and stuff. It, uh, there was there was no like solutions either. It was just like this exists. But the irony of that is most of the people I know from the program are just in like advertising. They're in marketing. They're in PR. They're just like feeding into that system more and more. And so the, more. the people that are running the marketing and the media and stuff like that, they know how to manipulate it because they've studied how people have manipulated it in the past. It's just like it's such a weird. Mindfuck. But me. was MIT like that? Were your textbooks like that too? They just basically outlined how, like, you know, how the media can manipulate people through information and technology. And I know a lot of people that are like successful that I know from MIT. They were like making, uh, you know, like really well written essays based on one stance or another. But now they're in the field of marketing, advertising, making good money with big clients because they know how to like manipulate persuade. and persuade. And it's kind of like, ugh, not really using your influence for good there not using your powers for good no so did you finish your mit yeah. program yeah and uh, uh, you didn't want to be like a cool creative dropout oh, i have to drop out i have to do it no <laughs> um 
<laughs> randomly fulfilled. I'm no. wasting my time in I, this establishment. Kind of was, but uh, in fourth year, I, I started doing a lot more acting and performing. I was coming home to Toronto every weekend to do like uh, independent films, student films. Uh, and then when I graduated, I was like, I'm just going to go for it. Um, so your hobby through high school and through uni was just, you know, if there's some acting, you'll do it. Yeah. It wasn't a passion. You didn't think you'd make a career out of it. Yeah. But that was just like the kind of thing that kept, you're Itching. like, I want to do more of that. I want to yeah. do more of that. After MIT, you you come home and you're like, you know what? I'm going for it. I'm the go. And uh, it went well. What'd I, your parents say? My mom's always been like supportive of me, but she's always like, one day you'll figure it out. Like, you, like you'll leave the career soon enough. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I get it. Cause she wants me to like, you know, start a family, be successful. She wanted that grandkid. Yeah. And, um, but I think now she's starting to see that like, I'm actually starting to have like success in the industry. She's like, okay, like he's got it. Like my brother, Kevin, that's how Kevin and I know each other. My older brother. Oh, okay. He's a, he's a lawyer for Blake's and he makes a lot of money. Yeah. That's a tough one to follow. <laughs> yeah. But he's, he's like, <laughs> he's like super supportive of me and everything. And you he, know why he's super supportive? My dad. Because being a lawyer at Blake's, although to the outside world, you have all this shiny greatness on the inside. He's working like a dog yeah, he is. and he's just like, do your Follow yeah. your dreams. He he was very artistic as well. Green, yeah, man. yeah, it is right. And for me, like, there's there's instances where I'm like, it'd be nice to have that security. You know, nine to five. The nine salary. to nine. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, eight to nine. Seven yeah. to nine. <laughs> yeah, he's get, he gets slammed, but he's he always checks in on me and makes sure like I'm like like how's my career going and he's any lawsuits I can help you with. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's oh man, the amount of contracts he's like read over and like helped me out with and stuff and being like uh, that I don't like that part. Yeah, um, right here you just signed over your whole bank account. Yep, Maybe and you you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> you signed this? Oh, yeah, that's cool though. Yeah, he's um, yeah, he's great. So, so you dabbled in uh, a bunch of like, in, like in all areas of the industry, you know, trying to figure yeah. out. And what have you have you what have you like really settled on? Voice days. over acting. Voice over acting. Yeah, and because uh, I'm going like I'm auditioning for some like great projects. Um. And there's no like politics about the industry. It's just kind of like, what can you do? Yeah. Where I find in Canada, it's a lot harder for like um, you to kind of like get seen by casting directors. I feel like they're a lot more conservative. Whereas in the voiceover industry, it's very like, oh, your demo is great. We'll bring you in. Whereas there's more politics involved with who they're bringing in for certain roles, whether it's ethnicity or gender. Mm -hmm. um, and what's the yeah. trajectory of a voice over actor? You know, like starting down, like you're doing like commercials and stuff, mm -hmm. but like what, what would be uh, some goals for you in the industry? To, I hit a goal recently with um, this kid show, Bakugan, I've been doing, I wanted to be recurring on anything really. Um, yeah. And then next would be to be a lead, um, to be like one of the main, main people. I'm like one of the main villains, but I'm only in, I'm in like every like 10 to 15 episodes. I'm not like in there every day, mm -hmm. every single episode, like some of them are. Um, and basically just you want to set goals and you want to like achieve those goals. And then once you're not, that's when you kind of need to reevaluate things. And I found with film and TV acting, it just wasn't like, it just wasn't going out for anything. I wasn't booking anything. Like I, I had an audition recently for the umbrella Academy on Netflix. Yeah. The audition went well, but like, I'm like, I was so rusty. Like, cause I'm not like putting my energy towards it. Like I take classes for voiceover acting. I'm like practicing it every day. I'm doing sketches that are like impression based and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. So like my energy is going towards that. It'd be like if uh, if I were to uh, do like a sketch show on stage, like I haven't done it in forever. 
Probably that, be, that's what I was going to ask you. So are you toning back the other stuff? Yeah. You've, you've made I'm, that decision. I'm trying to. And it's, yeah. it's I'm a lot that, less stressed. Keep that locked. I'm a lot less stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lot less stressed out. Um, and I'm finding that it's good. It's a lot easier to like hit goals. Mm. When you're just not like you know what, jumping everywhere. You know what it felt like is um, with voice acting, <laughs> just the way you described it, it feels like there's actually a lot more of like a, a natural progression. Once you've done... X, the people at the next level are a lot more open yeah. to see. Whereas with acting, I feel like you can get top role and be nobody the next role again. Yep. It's just like they are looking for a certain thing. Mm -hmm. And whether you're a nobody, you can get discovered, or whether you're an everybody, you can get no work. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like, whereas mm -hmm. I feel like voice actors, they want. They want to know that you can hit this basic line and then you're into this next pool mm -hmm. and you don't have to start over every time. Yeah. It's um it's all about like kind of like carving a role in it. So basically an example I use for voiceover acting is there's a guy named Rob Tinkler. He's a phenomenal voiceover actor in the city. And a phenomenal last name. Yeah. He's, he's <laughs> the Tinkler. Yeah. He's a he's a really good dude and like he's on Bakugan. And basically like he does like um uh, like teenagers really well. Uh, he's got this really like good high pitched voice. Like he does a lot of the stuff on Total Drama Island. Um, yeah. And basically, like you would I know that. <laughs> I think it's like a YTV, yeah, it's like, like teletune, teletune like, thing. Okay. Um, and basically, like they won't have auditions if they need. Let's say, like a sixteen-year-old surfer, they're like, oh, like we know Rob can do that. Like, yeah. There's no aesthetic barrier where, like, I probably in the film world, I won't go out for high school anymore, right? Yeah. Like, I don't even really go out for like old dad. Um, whereas in voiceover, it doesn't really matter what your age is. Um, Tara Strong is one of the best female voiceover actors. She's uh, Tommy Pickles, Timmy Turner, and she's oh, like no kidding. She's like forty five, and she can do like the like the squeaky like yeah. oh really like me like she just like crushes it. Um, and she gets put on any show that they have that spot. Yeah, and then like the, on the other end of the spectrum, like it's harder to break into the industry because there's no age limit. Like there's no like longevity. You can just keep it going. Whereas yeah. if you're going for the role of like. 25 year old guy you can now grow that in yeah film. i got you what would you say some of your like your specialty voices you know like you, on, your, on your resume like oh you're okay yeah, or, yeah. or even yeah in, in like uh, maybe some impressions after but like you know like on your resume when when people are looking like for a certain character what would your like you know sort of best voice is dale <laughs> bobby get off the damn roof hey dan i'm on the roof uh john redcorn why are you sleeping with my wife? I'll tell you what, I'm dangle man, don't bang on roof. No, 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 hang on, bang on dangle. So, so you can do every character from King of the Hill. Yeah, that was just off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't really, I don't like, I need to start doing more impressions. But like, you don't have like Instagram well, regulars that you do? Uh, Zoidberg is kind of like that. I can do that. Oh, hey, Dum Dum, that's uh, the great kazoo, I think. And kind of Stewie Griffin as well from Family Guy. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, how else can I? I can do like most Sizzlack from The Simpsons pretty well, but it's also kind of like just like a generic like New Yorker accent. Hey, everybody, tuck your pants into your socks. It's favorite Simpsons. <laughs> so you um, don't have like you don't have regular impressions that you do on your skits on Instagram or anything. Uh, no. If like I see a filter that's recurring and like I 
do like just like a shitty like Guy Fieri impression with this one guy that has like really funny uh, like a goatee with like blonde hair. Um, do you think it's almost funnier to not be totally perfect yes, with the accent? Yes, hundred and ten percent. I do think as well. Like my Guy Fieri accent like this, and doesn't sound anything. <laughs> you're, you're like him. making fun of him. Yeah. yeah, but like when you see like the filter with like the goatee and like the the big hair, and in this episode of Giant Drives and Dances, like it's just it's I don't know, it's just it's funnier to like that. Even like the King of the Hill ones I did, like they're a little off and I think it's just funny. You don't want to be like completely perfect, especially when you're doing comedic. If you're doing like serious, sure. What about, do you do any serious celebrity <laughs> impressions? I uh, used to do a good Matthew McConaughey, but uh, <laughs> I haven't really done much of it recently. Uh, time is like a flat circle. It only opens up when you watch it in the mirror of the moon <laughs> rising up and down. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's good yeah. that's good yeah. but yeah okay i forgot you were you were asking him what his like voice acting means. Yeah, you know are, like, like the it, niche you're trying so, to carve out still figuring that out i find i play scatterbrained really well just like like high energy um okay i have like uh like really good just like riffing i can kind of just like did they ever get you at improv in voice acting not really yeah um you can do these things called isms where like an ism would be like i caramba that bart simpson does okay um just something you can like lead a line into or you can like laugh and then say the line like that's probably the extent of the improving you can do maybe you can ad lib a bit but they don't want you to change it too much because for the most part the people that are listening to your tapes are the producers who are also the writers so they want you to like be as on written word as possible especially for video games video games like the people that are casting are the writers okay and so if you're not like line perfect I had an audition yesterday for a video game and I said like um, more considerate instead of considerate and it was a really good take and I was like no I have to redo that okay because it's I added a line I added a word Dude, you know uh, why they probably in the video games they always have the subtitles they pro it's probably all animated yeah. in there already and yep. they're like no we ain't going back and changing that oh yeah you say the word um, no that's super cool uh, it's just we had two like home run guests in a row where I just like knew nothing about the world. Totally. I'm learning so much about voice Especially acting. Especially right this, voice acting. I had like no idea. Um, There's similarities. Like I, I can I can understand a little bit just from going to auditions and and I can kind of visualize what you're doing. But all this all this stuff about the career, the trajectories and the isms and carving yeah. your niche and, and, and how you kind of progress has been super cool. Yeah. You basically just develop like it's called the character tree. Um, it's one of the techniques where you basically have your foundation as a voiceover actor and then you have branches and you kind of, if they ask for a certain thing, you can kind of go to that branch and just like play it. And then like, oh, maybe I can add like this little element. Maybe I can make this a narcissistic surfer because he's, he's a little egotistical or maybe I can make him a lonely surfer from this branch. And then you're not like grasping at straws. You kind of have like more of a foundation, I guess. That I'm made, still, and I'm that still made a lot that. of sense. I'm like, uh, I'm still like super new, so. Well, I, my my other questions are like it's 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 clear that you have a passion. Are you still in the phase where you're doubting your passion, or are you are you kind of like, no, I can do this if I've, I stick with it? I've always had confidence in myself to do it. It's just about um, staying consistent. I found that's been a problem, especially with like in the past. I've like always tried to do so many different things, and I feel like that has. In one sense, like I've built like a foundation of a lot of things, but in, in another sense, I've like shot myself in the foot because if I had like just done, you know, 
comedic theater acting and like sketch and improv and stand up for like five years, I'd probably be like decently far ahead in my career. Whereas I feel like I'm still middling a bit, but I'm, I'm in but, my late twenties. Like I'm, I'm putting too much pressure on myself when I'd say that. Kind maybe of stuff. also, I think the, the only way I could narrow down things is by trying all those stuff. This is exactly why I did it. Right. At least in my head, you'd be in maybe an unhappy voice actor if you just landed on that and was like, but I don't know if I, yeah, exactly. If I like motion capture better. Yeah. Right. Like, so I, that's I think the only that, way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It is an exercise in itself. And we're in the same boat. Like Robbie's two years younger than you. I'm a year younger than you. And we're just getting to the point now where we're narrowing down a wide field of fucking everything that cool. we do laying foundations and, and realizing what we're good at. Um, and it feels late, but you're right. We're putting too much pressure and, I think even if like we just want to get a living, yeah. I'm not trying to like it's it would be awesome to be a, a superstar, uh, whatever. But like just getting past that hump of being paid and living this lifestyle yeah. that we live is paradise for me. Anything beyond that's a bonus. Yeah, and that's why we work in restaurants and serve people. Yeah, exactly. Like it's great the money day, and it's the day that you can stop working, you know, multiple jobs, and then your sole focus is you know either voiceover acting or music for us. That'll be that'll be a landmark yeah. day. So one of these days. Do you find um, this this lifestyle affects other parts of being in your twenties, like dating? Oh yeah, fuck. Time with friends, going out. Like, what yeah. what are your kind of just like hot takes on on each of those? Starting with like relationships, dating. You gotta you gotta sacrifice a lot, and I think a lot of my friends would be able to tell you that. And I've kind of been able to weed out the not so great friends that have kind of made me feel like shit for like sacrificing things for. Uh, acting like not going out and like partying my tits off until like ye old hours of the morning because I have like an audition the next day. Do you like, go out much? Um, yeah, dabble, dabble, dabble. Yeah, I'm, I'm like pops. a, I'm like a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday kind of go out guy. Yeah, you know what? That, that's what I industry find nights. too. Yeah, exactly. Being in the industry, it's like you either, uh, it's hard to make time to go out with friends outside of yeah. like your working schedule plus you know personal um you know creative stuff that you're involved with right yeah. so a lot of the time that you're going out it's you're you're like it's after work beers with like you know co-workers or work with right yeah. well i i've been i've been trying to do i always try to have my cake and eat it too Ooh. so i'm always trying to figure out a way to be like a creative but also like have what i want which is like my weekends and yeah. stuff so instead of doing too much serving jobs i've been focusing on like running businesses small businesses with with friends like the jewelry company that was a sponsor at the oh, beginning nice. and we a uh, female jewelry company with a friend and real estate photography they're, real estate photography they're just like small um businesses that you can operate with a mo like a modest amount of work yeah. per week and make some cash and cover maybe the shortfalls that maybe a second serving hmm. gig would get you know yeah and if any of them get bigger sure they'll take more time yeah, and take you'll, over you'll eliminate your other serving jobs yeah. and stuff but i think the the ideal situation for me would be working a, a flexible business that you own, paying your bills while you support yourself creatively, yeah. and then also you get your weekends and your evenings, like as a normal that would be employed ideal. person. Yeah, just become one of those uh, Instagram uh, uh, motivational guys like Gary V. Dude, I do, we do this at the house <laughs> almost every morning. We have like these like motivation like life chat sessions. Fuck yeah, dude! I'm putting in the reps. But uh, so dating wise, taking girls out, are you trying to avoid it or, or you have a girlfriend? Uh, like I, I've been single for about eight months now. Um, I've been going on some dates. Okay. I've seen some pretty ladies. Like Tinder, Bumble. Uh, or how I do you meet do that stuff, man. How do you meet these girls? Um, I, 
I'm going on a date with someone uh, this weekend, and I went on a date, and we met uh, at a TIFF party. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you, you'll, you're doing the old-fashioned route. Just yeah. Just meet someone you like, talk to them, ask them out. Yeah. And, yeah, but, IRL. You know what? You know what? You just, you look like, um, who's the guy from that show you're watching recently? It was like Tr- True Lies or, or whatever. The same guy from... Uh, Step Brothers. I get Adam husband. Scott. Adam Scott. Is yeah. that him? Yeah, I get Adam Scott a lot. I would. That was the first person I thought of. I was like, oh, he's gonna say Adam Scott. Yeah, I just just the way Parks you said and that. Recreation. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. I just yeah. I just got that vibe. I also get Jason Mraz. Oh, I can see yeah. that. What, what about what about Ed Norton? Ed, I, a bit I, of Ed love, Norton. I would love that. I mean, that's like ideally like a film trajectory like i'd love like if, to if you're career. getting into more film you'd start modif- getting facial modification yeah. to look more like ed norton <laughs> i hear he's an asshole though oh but, really uh, yeah but um you could be a stunt double yeah that'd be tight how many uh this question just popped into my head when you're doing uh voiceover acting mm-hmm. how many actors would you be doing at once uh like like at sometimes would you be like you know how you were just talking with like three or four characters mm-hmm. going there would you be doing that like live recording as well uh they usually bring you in for one character but for example uh on bakugan sometimes they'll do additionals and they'll be like like can you do this one yeah like can you do the the miscellaneous guard it's one line i mean like come on let's go or something like that they don't want to audition that they don't want to bring them they're like okay we'll just get blake to do these like weird side characters just like cheering me on in the background or whatever what about when those actors that you mentioned that i know that do several characters on the same show oh yeah that yeah that uh, they probably would do that in the same session i don't do that right now that'd be tight though if you could get that down like family guy because yeah uh, yeah he does multiple right and uh trey parker and matt stone from south park yeah. Um, Seth MacFarlane I don't know how much he's involved with Family Guy anymore like I know he's not one of the writers he's um, I think he's relinquished show running duties because uh, he's doing the movies? Orville oh um, and uh, Family Guy is like a completely different beast now I loved the early seasons of that show I, I do not watch it same with The Simpsons I'm like a yeah. diehard seasons two to nine Simpsons fan yeah okay some of the best writing do you have any interest in writing your own show yes. like like Seth MacFarlane or Trey and yeah. um Madstone. I'm currently writing uh, a short film. Uh, it's a live action adaptation of a dog that is recently adopted into a home and how he interacts with all the other pets. It's called Bagel. <laughs> and I would be playing Bagel the Beagle. Uh, it's a monologue I've performed a bunch on stage and I just wanted to adapt it for a short film. Um, and then the aesthetic is like big comfy couch, Pee Wee's Playhouse, just like very like gonzo, big colors, weird set pieces. And then it's just a bunch of human actors dressed up as animals. Uh, and there's no dialogue. Um, so it's very like slapstick based. Um, Three Stooges, uh, okay. Mr. Bean. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a French director named Jacques Tati from like the 70s. I really like his stuff. Um, it's just like universally so funny. And you don't really have to do much. You don't have to like land a punchline of a joke because all you need is like two escalators and just film people going up and down them. And you can do so many different things. And it's really funny. Neat. Like, like, yeah. like way back uh charlie chaplin oh yeah or like oh, buster yeah. keaton yeah buster yeah that guy's they're I, more like like pain they like pain like yeah. they're like like hurting themselves for the which is great but like yeah i i don't think this would be a like, less painful version yeah i wouldn't like that. smash in my face Unless, with a two like, by four but yeah i'm enjoying flushing out and just gonna see what happens and you know what i uh there's a lot of people that would hear ideas like that and be like 
like where, where, where's the money like well what are you gonna i i'm the opposite i'm like i like that you just you have you like something and yeah. you're doing something different and that's those are the stuff that i think it's the stuff that people say won't work is the stuff that either works the best or actually doesn't work yeah just try and make it happen <laughs> just, just make go it happen for it. go oh. for it and it could just be because it's unique i haven't seen much like that recently yeah exactly mr bean was one of the biggest tv yeah. shows on the planet in the 90s yeah and now he's knighted <laughs> Rowan yeah, actually Atkin, yeah Rowan Atkinson's a knight. no shit yeah wow. he like wears like the, the big suit and got the big That's sword so funny protects the queen Mr. Bean's hilarious yeah. too it's really funny it's, it's on Netflix it's really good watching it younger I, that's well you know what the, I think that was the end of I, I couldn't get to my phone so I, I couldn't remember the list of things I had but we had some other things we just like we wanted to ask you a bunch of questions but then we also just like we like to shoot the shit at the end yeah man um and this has been great Rob has some Okay, so I was reading this paper, the Porter Post, or Mr. Porter Post, irrelevant. But anyways, in it, there was a section where it listed some of the world's craziest delicacies. Oh, tight. And me and Trav were just started uh, joking about how delicacies, delicacies are, <laughs> are like- It's another word for a shit food yeah, somewhere else. bad food, you know? That's really funny. There's a there's a stand up bit. A hundred percent, man. Yeah. Have you ever heard? Have you ever heard? Like, they have to say delicacy as a way to convince you that the weird, f awful food you're about to eat yeah. is locally accepted. Oh, yeah. this fig drenched in olive oil. Yeah. No, like way worse. Like worse. Like they, way they, worse. Okay, I'm, like I'm gonna read you. I'm gonna read you some of these. Yeah. Like they drink they drink uh, urine over here, and you're like, oh, it's gross. They go, no, it's a delicacy, and you go, oh my god. Shout out urine. So, yeah, okay. it's a delicacy. Um, <laughs> Our pick of the world's most adventurous delicacies and oh where to find them. We, they, we'll do a smash or pass on this. Okay, um, this one, this one grossed me out. I got to read this one. So, uh, Casu Marzu, Italy, is where it's from. Of course. On the Mediterranean island of Sardinia, the aging of cheeses take it to putrid extremes. Rather than simply introducing bacteria to the maturing process, makers of Casu Marzu. It translates helpfully as rotten cheese. Add egg-laying flies to a pecorino-like wheel. The insects deposit larvae in the cheese, which hatch into maggots. The resulting cheese is rich and silky soft, and the maggots are consumed alive. The EU banned it on safety grounds in the 1990s. Eat at your own risk. Pretty sure that's how Spider-Man was conceived. You're just <laughs> eating a bunch of maggots and cheese. Jesus. Like, and why does just calling it a delicacy make... Like, so yeah. somebody, if that word it didn't it exist... acceptable. And someone says, hey, do you want some gazumasu, whatever that was? <laughs> yeah, some maggot cheese. You want some maggot cheese? And you go, no. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. You're a freak. And I don't want to talk to you anymore. And then they go, oh, it's a delicacy. And you go, oh, that means some freaks in Italy eat it. I don't care still. Like, <laughs> yeah. why? Why does that word? Why like, does that word make it seem like we should, we should want to eat it? Right? Yeah, you're expanding yeah. the palate. Your you flavor. know, become a part of the culture. Uh, but the, the, yeah, my favorite is okay. At least, at least, like, like Italy, they have taste there. Like, they, it would be something where if they say that tastes good, that maybe you try it. But there's parts of the, there's parts where what they eat is just what's locally available. Mm -hmm doesn't mean it's good yeah and it's a delicacy it's just a delicacy in a place where maybe they can't have big crop fields mm -hmm. and so they eat millipedes what's available yeah what's available and it's then it becomes a delicacy and you're like that just 
You're so restricted diet. There's so, a restaurant in Denmark. I can't, the name escapes me, but it's like one of the most famous restaurants in the world. And basically that's what they do. They go up this little farm in the field and they just pick everything that's available. And that's just what they make at the restaurant. <laughs> they don't like, you we'll know, I'm picturing up. like, you know, in Lion King when they had like those bowls of like, they were oh, just yeah. eating like, like they were gummy worms, like the yeah. bowls of all the different grubs. And that's what I picture. Did you that. see the new one? Well, no. I, I refuse to. I love I love the the animation. I just I've heard it's very like soul sucking. Like I heard. You know what my worry it. is is I love the original so much I don't want to taint that. Like exactly. my memories, anchor man. And I'm worried that they're gonna put a lot into it. That's like they they try to be so socially conscious with uh, movies now that it might take away from just the feel of it. Yeah. And I'm like you know they got it right with the first one. You know what they should do is they should just animate the first one exactly the same with that animation. Same oh, words, yeah. same characters, same plot. Yeah. I'd see that. Make billions of dollars either way just because the film's called The Lion King. Yeah. That's so marketable as it is. So What's uh, what's another one here? Was, round was, two. Was that, was that a smash or a pass? That's a big old passerino <laughs> for me. Yeah. Okay, th- this is another one here. Fermented Shark Iceland. You might have heard of this, actually. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the late a- Mr. Anthony Bourdain ate a lot of out there delicacies in his career as an international food correspondent. But there were, he said, three things he would never touch again. Plain food, Namibian warthog <laughs> rectum, and Icelandic fermented shark. The latter, known as Hekarl, is cured and hung to dry for months, during which fermentation produces high levels of ammonia. First timers are advised to hold their noses and attempt to reduce their gag reflex which is unhelpfully triggered by the ammonia. Ew. Ammonia's pee, right? Pee smell? Yeah, I think so. I don't know exactly. But like why do all these things have like rectum in it or yeah. like maggot <laughs> or fermented like, like if I like rotten. I'm not going to go through the recipes yeah. cuz there's a bunch of reading here but like if you listen if you just listen to what these are called rabbit brains, <laughs> deep fried tarantula, oh tight. Stuffed moose heart. That one's Canadian delicacy. That sounds Canadian. Is it a delicacy? Is that delicacy? It's like, called, what was the last time you had that? It's called you live somewhere where the main source of food comes from hunting <laughs> and, and you have to make a moose heart. into. It's like you have to turn a bad thing when life gives you lemons, you know, yeah, make lemonade. I They're that. making stuffed moose heart. It's When you have the option to go down the street and get a South Street burger, <laughs> double patty, Ooh. salted, Ooh. I'm not going and finding stuffed moose heart. You wouldn't yeah. sub that patty for a moose heart in between no. those buns. No. So I think I other than in a museum, yeah. I, I could comfortably, if you give me a button right here that said remove the world's delicacies yeah. from existence, I would hit it. I'd hit that button. Would you? What about uh, Kopi Luwak? Okay. What is that? You hear that? No. no. It's a... Uh, Sounds Hawaiian. Coffee beans that come from cat poop. Oh, okay. That sounds... Oh, I have heard of that, actually. Logical. Coffee no, beans that come from a cat poop? So what like, do they, they feed the, co- the, the cats? The cats eat the cherry, they poop it out, and they make that into coffee, and it's $80 a cup of coffee. 80 80 Yeah, it's expensive. Okay. It's a delicacy. Oh, it's a delicacy. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm good with my Timmy's. Yeah. Um, next time you go into Timmy's, ask for whatever you just said. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, this whole delicacy, man... I would hit that button. I'd say, you know, as long as it was replaced with everybody that was eating those things with a South yeah. Street burger, yeah. I'd hit that button. Isn't isn't liver a delicacy? Some places, 
<sighs> you know, like like what is it, pate or something? Oh, do you remember when we had pate that one time and I almost puked? Oh, yeah. That sounds like a at sentence the, that's been said at a the lot. Sip bar Dude, pa- pate is the closest thing I could imagine to baby barf. Yeah, that's up there. Because <laughs> you know, babies yeah. can't really chew stuff that well, yeah. so it's got it's, it's more of like a gelatin, <laughs> and it tastes kind of like barfy a little bit. Yeah. And I'm like, why'd you have to torture an animal to get food this bad? Sir, how are you enjoying your pate? Uh, it tastes kind of barfy. It literally <laughs> tastes barfy. I'd rather, I'd rather if it tasted that bad, but I knew that they just gave that goose or whatever, whatever it is, like a really nice spa treatment for three years and then took its liver, then I'd be like, okay, it tastes bad. But the fact that they had to torture a goose to make something that yeah. awful. You're yeah. talking about frog right? Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, what was it? What's it, what was I saying? Pate? Saying liver, but it, it's just, liver. Yeah. Is it the same the thing? Tortured liver pate you're talking about. You're talking to a guy with a limited palate over here. Um, okay, I think I think that's fine on the delicacy front. Yeah. <laughs> we, we wanted to reserve like a f- few minutes on this podcast to get yeah. that out of the air. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is we usually wrap things up with the tips for your 20s. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, 27, 28-year-olds, we're nowhere near out of our 20s right now. Yes. So we can comment on this. But... Uh, as someone in the service industry, mm-hmm. as as someone who's you know doesn't have that stable nine to five, there's a question that pops up a lot: Do you do you Uber X mm. or do you Uber pool? Or also, do you tip on your Uber? Oh, okay, interesting. Um, I I'm an Uber X guy, and I'm the guy that likes talking to the driver. I like asking what their story is and like who they are, and um, you can find out pretty quickly if they just don't want to talk back. So um, I usually just kind of like leave it at that. I meet some pretty cool people from all over the world. I find usually the those are the guys driving for Uber and Lyft, people that are like just looking to make a little bit extra money to support their family, artists as well. I agree um, with that. Uber you can, pool, but you, you, you can also tell when they're not cool. Oh yeah, like, immediately. Yeah. Immediately, like, yeah. Good. Good. Like, All right. Just but also, you know what? As a rider, sometimes you feel that way too, and you're like, yeah, exactly. kind of like, shut it, it, up. Yeah, I, I don't want to talk to you either. That I want to talk, but I, I agree 110. Yeah. percent Um, I've used pool a couple times. I just find like that feels more like a force. Like we're riding together. Let's have some fun. It's like, eh, it's kinda... yeah, like yeah. Do you have any? Do you have any like bad experiences? Good experiences? Um, I went out for a drink with a girl I met in an Uber pool, but I was with people. Oh, and it was like me and my buddy Walter, and we went with a girl, and I got her number, and then I went up for a drink with her, and that that was it. Nothing else happened after that. But I was like, oh, maybe I could just like use Uber Pool, like me girls. I, I bet like, you there's a no. hundred, there's a oh, hundred guys. Sure, there's a, there's a bunch of guys out there that automatically pull because they're oh, like, yeah. I'm gonna get a check. Dude. So many babes, yeah, in the car. and then they get in the car and they're like, sup. You yeah. know what? It's. Uh, using Uber Pool as as a way to pick up girls is probably equivalent to uh, to swiping on Tinder. You know, oh yeah, like you only ninety nine percent of the time you're not going to get who you're yeah. looking for. <laughs> uh, no, that's a good experience. I don't know. I, I the only thing I've heard is uh, I've had a good ex- I've had a good and a bad experience. You, I think you've had a bad experience. Yeah, I got a pretty funny story. So uh, after a date one night, I uh, I call an Uber Pool late night it's down like yeah (laughs) yeah yeah you know what i think this was uh this is one of the last times i I stopped uh i stopped using uber pool and um actually you know what this and the fact that sometimes you just get take like some drivers sometimes would 
take advantage of having you in the car. It would just be picking up everyone. And it'd, it'd be frustrating. You think, oh, I have so much time. I'll just like pool it, you know, like save a bit of money here. Uh, but then they end up driving all they the take fucking, long, yeah, long it almost takes longer and it's not up. even worth it. Um, that would frustrate me. But anyways, I'm downtown. I call an Uber pool, King Street, and uh, I'm sitting in the front seat with this driver and we uh, we pull over and pick up three girls in the back. And you're like, oh, leaving a date? I'm gonna get some <laughs> other dates right now. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> uh, and anyways, so yeah, so we're driving along. The one girl in the middle, she's not feeling too hot. Uh-oh. And <laughs> uh, we're going and all of a sudden, this girl just, Pro, like she, she's sitting in the middle back seat she just projectile uh, vomits like all the way up keep that mic centered i need to hear everything yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry projectiles all the way up the middle console area oh. and uh get, gets on my jacket mostly on this driver though <laughs> <laughs> this driver was you know and he had um uh what's it called uh not leather seats Oh uh, shit! Yeah, like the cloth. Yeah, yeah. The, the cloth seats. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right? So, uh, this driver is um, like I didn't know what was happening at first because I didn't get as much of it on me, but I just like felt a little bit of wetness come across my way. And this driver was uh, he was he was obviously foreign. And he starts fucking going off, yelling shit like <laughs> like oh, chir- yeah, chirping this girl. He pulls over immediately, and I like I sort of clue into what's going on. And this guy's covered in puke. Oh. His car is covered in puke, and uh, we all get out of the car like, what, what is happening? He's just chirping. He, uh, he's just chirping this girl relentlessly. <laughs> like, did you uh, Did you get your money back? Yeah, I, I sent a little note in. Hey, and, you got puked uh, on in one of your Uber pools. Yeah. I'll take and, my three. Sorry about that, Robbie. We'll refund you immediately. We'll refund you $3.50, you cheap bastard. Should have taken an X. <laughs> <laughs> exactly the kind of note that I got back. But uh, yeah, that's my that's my one. Oh, that's brutal, uh, man! Uber pool. Story. I've had I've had a good experience um, where I someone wrote me a love letter in the Uber pool. Uh, yes, wow. but this it kind of goes creepy after that. But mm. she, I got dropped off first, so she had my address. Mm. Then she wrote a letter and mailed it to that address that's later, weird. asking for drinks. Oh, she was probably thinking she, this was her like Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan moment. You, well, I, I respected it. Wrote a handwritten letter with yeah. stamps. Ooh. How did you end up responding to that? Um, I never did. You didn't. Okay. I ended up responding by not. I was like, okay. what, do I, what do I mail you back? Yeah. <laughs> no, she gave, she gave her number. But uh, no, I uh, like when I was asking you questions about dating and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I, my my kind of theories right now, and like at least at the time, was like I was living at home at the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like I'm not going on a fucking date. Yeah. Like thanks. You want to go play Mario Kart in my mom's basement? Yeah. Like my parents might go away in two weekends. Like, do you want to have dinner? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's brutal. You know, you know the funny Uber pool stories I hear though is that a lot of adults that have no fucking idea technology will accidentally call Uber pool back in the day when Uber pool just was like introduced it would be the first option and you'd swipe down oh, to yeah. UberX. so there's a lot of adults i think uh, a few friends parents including my own yeah. had these stories of just like people getting into their ubers and not knowing what's going on and being like <laughs> oh it's like, like thinking it's a taxi and be like sorry i'm in here and they're like no it's a pool like yo i also got a, <laughs> I, I got another funny oh, story jokes. about this actually so i was getting picked up along eglinton uh in an uber this uh this was an uber x not pool mm-hmm. and this car like happened to be 
dropping off like right uh he was like passing by me and uh dropping someone off like around the corner right so as he was coming by he saw me there and uh so he picked me up while the other person was still in the car <laughs> and i i get in the car and it's this little girl in the back seat and like she, a young girl like yeah she was young she was maybe i don't know like uh i don't know 10 11 or something <laughs> and and she was on the phone with her mom and uh she's talking and she's like she's like oh someone just got in the car and she's like why is there someone in the car the mom starts freaking out she's like she's like why why is there someone in the car with my daughter like get him out like get him out she's like let me speak to the like the uber driver like this this mom's freaking out i i mean i'm like whoa like i'm like just sitting in the front seat jokes and the, the, the uber driver ended up uh like pu like pulling over because uh the mom was like threatening she's like i'm gonna call the cops like why is there someone in there oh my god so i had to get out so this guy could drive around the corner jesus <laughs> to go, christ go drop this little girl off and then he came and picked me up again but it was it was weird <laughs> bizarre okay so i think from hearing these stories and i've had bad experiences where uh my uber pool brought me uh, late night, like after the bar, just called an Uber pool and had like a 20 minute detour through some of the roughest hoods I've ever been through. And uh, I was like, you know what? I could have paid four more dollars yeah, to yeah. avoid that. The guy in the back was making jokes about robbing the whole car and like <laughs> stuff like that. And then would like laugh it off. Be like, yeah. got you, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, ah. like, <laughs> I'm looking at the driver and he's just like, he's doing the same thing to me. We're both just like not having a good time. We drop off that group and he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm, I'm terrified. He's like, let's get out of here. Like we, we bonded over. <laughs> you guys it. were on the same page. I think, I think the, what the conclusion for Uber pool versus X, mm -hmm. X, um, save your life. I like Uber X. Don't get puked on. Don't get barfed on. It's just on. like not worth the hassle yeah. or the stress or. Most people Uber pooling are, are probably suck. And they have yet to be puked on. Yeah. Though I'm saying, like, you, you, like the chances of getting a great, wonderful person Uber pooling, yeah, is probably the same as, like you said, a Tinder or a. Bumble. You know what? It's the, possible. The, the few good times I did have uh, good Uber pool experiences was when, uh, when when I lived at Eglinton and Spadina, and I would go to the Good Life at uh, at Young and Eglinton. Mm -hmm. uh, you know the Dunfields yeah. there. So uh, I would call an Uber pool to pick me up at the sort of at the end of the street there and it the the guy would never pick anyone up along there it was such a short journey and plus this is when they were figuring out their discount codes so i would get like five dollars off anything at the time right so it was such a short trip plus he wouldn't pick anyone up it was, i was paying like under a dollar sometimes <laughs> to go from my house to the gym what? it was like more worth it for me to call an uber as opposed to take the ttc it was ridiculous yeah <laughs> i had a good little system. stretch there there was a way there was a period of time when no one was pooling where you could just get a cheap uber yeah, yeah. and drivers started to get really rattled that's why they would yeah. take these like long detour routes trying to wait just looking for people yeah, just waiting road. waiting for something to pop up but still i'd say those days are over <laughs> yeah i'd say go x and then do you tip uh, if I have a really good conversation, I will, but frequently no, if I'm being honest. I'll give them, I get five stars basically every one. Yeah, five yeah. stars is a tip. But that is like, a tip. You're, yeah. Yeah, you're like, here's a tip. Helping. <laughs> I was going to say, helping here's with your reading. Yeah. Get a better job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so rude to say. Yeah. 
um, on your way out. I thought about where I thought about driving Uber. I thought that would be a good flexible yeah. job. Oh yeah, a lot of actors uh, do it in the city and in LA. Apparently, that that's like the new serving gig in LA. You know what's funny is the one one of the reasons I did it was like, oh, what if I pick up like my ex girlfriend's parents or some like you or, know like, someone friends that I know, yeah. and then it turns out that if you bartend, that thing that same scenario happens. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, yeah, no way to avoid it. There's something yeah. there's something a little bit more embarrassing about driving uber still currently maybe maybe it'll start to normalize yeah after a while but at the moment it's still kind of on the level of oh you know who i bumped into the other day travis yeah he was he was driving for uber Ooh, yeah you know what i mean like must not be doing well yeah, must, things must not be going well also sometimes when you're not in the mood to speak with drivers and then you see the driver you get matched with and like they're great rating. conversationalist <laughs> you're like fuck yeah. you just cancel that <laughs> like immediately headphones in two pairs of headphones on just like, <laughs> the key is you make a phone call right and you get in yeah just call somebody yeah let them know that you ain't here to talk to them yeah <laughs> um but uh dude i think that was a that was a that was a fun can you believe it's been an hour and almost 10 minutes no it flew by F- flies by apologies again for not having uh creamy true history beer for you today survey, sir. um but thanks thanks for coming on yeah this is tight thanks for having me guys dude thanks so much and yeah. uh do you have any do you have any piece of advice uh or something to plug or anything uh to say to the listeners um if you have a younger sibling or a child uh get them to watch bakugan it's on <laughs> teletoon ytv cartoon network and now netflix and what character should they tell the writers that they love the most uh lord bracken <laughs> oh right you're a villain yeah, I'm a, I'm a villain. Uh, I'm a huge piece of shit. Like, huge piece of shit. And then just your Instagram was the main one? No Twitter, uh, no YouTube? Uh, no, I don't. I gotta, like, figure that shit out. But uh, Blake Johnstagram. And, uh, yeah, that's that's basically it. Well, Wicked. cheers, man. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. And we will see you next Tuesday. Yeah. spell it for you. Happy, 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 Friends who do stuff together. Do is for you and me. idiotic.